When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Rewind. I'm Kevin Byrne, and today I'm joined by an eyewitness to Irish boxing history. We all know Katie Taylor as one of sport's most important athletes, a game changer in amateur and professional boxing. The 2012 Olympic gold medalist is now undisputed world lightweight champion, two-time women's boxer of the year, and the pound-for-pound pound number one. But we all have to start somewhere, and in 2001, Taylor took part in the first female contest that was sanctioned by the IABA when she took on Belfast Alana Murphy at the National Stadium. Anna Moore from Limerick was there that night and, in her later role as team manager, played a key role behind the scenes as Taylor became a force to be reckoned with. Anna, welcome to the show. Delighted to have you. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's lovely to be here. Very good. Very good. So, yeah, I guess we'll go back to the start. I mean, even pre-2001, what was the situation for women's women's boxing in Ireland? What could a girl do if she wanted to box? Well... Going into the 90s, that's when we say they were allowed into the clubs. And there were an awful lot of girls got involved in boxing at that stage. But it could, it wasn't sanctioned by uh, our governing body, the IABA. So we lost a lot of them. But I think, I think then in um, 2001 and 2002, when Katie boxed, I mean, Katie's been boxing since she was very young, uh, as a boy, really, she pretended to be a boy to get contests because she couldn't get contests with her helmet on. But um, I think it was really in 2002 onwards that female boxing took off in Ireland when we got when we were allowed and we were sanctioned to box. But it took a long a long time to be accepted by the clubs, and you couldn't blame them really. You know, I mean, when you're only used to de- dealing with boys and you have no women involved and you're bringing girls into the club, you have to be very careful. So it was like everything was new to the club. You had to get a female, whether it be a chaperone, but you had a female um, adult in the club at all times when you took on female boxers. Yeah. And a lot of the clubs at the time weren't um, inclined to do that. So Anna, we have this historic contest between Taylor and Murphy at the National Stadium. The both of them are 15 years old. Mm. What do you remember about the quality of the contest or the, the atmosphere in the stadium that night or the general background? Well, I remember Ireland, I was there. I, well, myself and Sadie Duffy were asked would we go because there was two girls uh, changing over from kickboxing and Mar- Mercedes Taff, who was 
the coach of the Reynolds that's from Sligo at the time asked us, asked uh, the IABA to look at these girls and see if we'd send them to the World Championships. So at half time, before they came on, Katie Taylor and Alana came on. And I was very, I, I was very, um, I wasn't that into women's boxing at that time. And um, that completely changed my mind. I was blown away by the quality of Katie and Alana. Alana was a beautiful boxer as well. And they, they, they were best friends. But that night when I saw them boxing, I was blown away by it. They, they had everything. They, they were every bit as good as any of the boys or youths or juniors that I had seen boxing. They were outstanding. Mm. They, got, they got a standing ovation that night. Yeah, uh, so f- 15 years old. And were you already seeing there's a future, there's an international future here for these boxers? Well, we, you, you had to believe it when you saw it. You know, you really did. I mean, Katie went away to a lot of countries, not not paid for by the IABA. Her father, her father had to give up work and all because he believed in her and he took mm. her. He took her off, off at his own expense to get her that international experience. Now, like we, we see, um, obviously for a lot of people who don't follow boxing too strongly or too, too closely, it's all about the Olympic Games. But... Obviously, there's, I think in Katie's CV, there's five gold medals in the EU championships, six in the European, five in the world, and, and the locations are all over the world. And you, you were there for, for a great many of them. Well, I was there for uh, four of her Europeans and four of her world championships. I was at two other, three other um, internationals she was at as a judge because I was an international judge as well. So I was, I was at those as judges as well. She was so admired all around the world from the very start. How did that come about? Was it because of attitude, performances? I, th- I think myself, when the IABA saw the standard Katie was at and Alana, that 2001, that drove them on to see that there was a future in boxing for female boxers in Ireland. Yeah. And... and Katie, I didn't go to India. The first one Katie went to, I didn't go to India with, with Katie. Um, Pat Flynn did. And Pat Flynn was a great advocate of female boxing. But he brought an awful lot of international boxers from Canada, from Poland, from different places in to box Katie below for my. He was, he really was, he'd done great things for Katie to get her international experience. But I think we went to... India the first time and when Katie won her her title um, she stood for at least half an hour with people wanting to get their photographs taken with her and signing autographs I mean the sweat was pouring off that girl and she stood there and it didn't matter who you were or what you were she always acknowledged the support she got Mm. and at that stage, and that was in 2000, what was that, 2008, that was it, in China. The admiration people had for her. I saw different countries around the stadium recording her style to bring it back to their countries to see if they could get their boxers to box like Katie. 
Now, age 17, Katie said that a win over the Canadian world champion, Jennifer Ogg, in, uh, I think it took place in Italy. It changed everything for, for her and she, she made her realise that the sky was the limit. But there were a couple of defeats before. There was a defeat at the, Euro- the European Championships in 2004 as Katie was kind of finding her feet before she became so dominant. Um, were you around for those? Were you watching as she kind of... I was, I was watching, but I wasn't, I wasn't, we'll say. I started going away with teams in 2006. Okay. That's when I started going away with teams here. But I, I remember there was one or two, as you said, uh, at international level and at European level, that Katie, you say she was beaten, I say she didn't get the decisions. Mm. I would have felt that she, she should have got the decisions, but she didn't get them. You well, know. here's one then. It's, uh, Katie Taylor's first fight without her father, Pete Taylor, uh, in the corner, was at the EU Championships in 2006, to, and she lost to a Turkish fighter called uh, Gulsum Tatar. That's right, from, from Turkey. Were you at that one? I know I, it was 2006 when I, what you call it, when uh, I started going away with them, but it was with the, with the, um, the juniors that I went at that time. Right, Okay. Um, but I suppose when you went away with the juniors, it was the goal. Like you really wanted to get away with the women's teams, did you? At that stage with Katie, well, the, the the way it was was um, that we had there was a female Dominic O'Rourke was president at the time, and he asked some people from each province to get involved on a committee, a female committee. So I was asked to get involved from Munster, Sadie Duffy from Ulster, Fiona Hennigan from Connacht, um, Mary Lawler from Leinster. And from there, we ran, we ran competitions for the girls. But at that time, they wouldn't have been ready, even the junior and youths. The very first competition we ran for females, uh, I think there was only one match in weight and age. We had 12 contests in the stadium. And it grew from there, you know. Mm. And then as Katie came along, you got more girls involved. Not just in Ireland, but in the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, you it's... See her now as professional and people are saying, oh, she's only coming in. Katie was always a top class athlete. She always was. From the first time that she started going to Worlds and European Championships, Katie Taylor was a champion. And when she won the World Championships in 2006 in New Delhi, she became Irish Boxing's first world amateur champion. Right. Uh, first two-time world champion when you were there in Ningbo City in China. What, what was your experience in China? What was that place? I've never, I've never travelled to China, unfortunately. I'd love to get there one day. How, how did it pan out for you and how did you enjoy it? Well, as, as a manager, your first, your first thing when you go a place is to make sure that the athletes, or Katie as such, was the only one with us, that she had the proper accommodation. They will, they will try to uh, pawn you off with uh, rooms that I wouldn't consider good enough for an athlete. And you must fight. And I, I, the last, not that time, but the second time I went to China in 2012, mm. I was six hours after getting off the plane before I got the proper accommodation for the three girls we had with us that time. That's part of your managing role. You have to make sure. It's, all, it's not about you. And people often say to me, oh, it's well for you. But it's not about me. It's about making sure that that boxer, she's the most important person, that you have everything right for her, that her accommodation is right. You find a place for her to train and her training times, and you make sure all of those things fit in with her and her father at the time. But like that, um, when Katie went away, 
they were so focused on the, on on her winning championships. Um, Pete would bring a full case of all her foods, like cereals and everything, because some of these places we went to, you wouldn't be even able to eat the food. It was so bad. But they always, always, Katie always ate her breakfast in her room. And Pete always had a big case of food for Katie and the right supplements or whatever she needed. They they yeah. were, prof- Katie and them were professional then, even though they were amateurs, you know? Yeah. Like around that time, uh, so she wins. She wins the second world championships in Ningbo, and you're there in China. I think it was at the 2009 uh, Europeans in Ukraine. It was her fourth European title. She's she's breaking huge yeah. records at this stage. She went through the entire uh, the entire championship without conceding a point. How much? How far superior was Katie Taylor to her opponents at that time? I I think that the difference between Katie and some of her opponents were they were more fighters than boxers. Katie, Katie had a boxing brain and her father was a great tacticianer. He could see, if he watched the girls, she was going to box next, which they always did. He always recorded her next opponent or the opponents in, in case she did get through. And he knew exactly how to tell Katie how to do that. But then Katie had to know how to box to be able to bring out her father's instructions. You know? People, some people think that boxing is just getting into a ring and belting people. It's mm-hmm. an art. You have to learn the art of boxing. And some are fighters, some are boxers. You know, and Katie was a fabulous, and she still is a fabulous boxer. Yeah. And she, she would have said that uh, she became a better fighter through sparring with men or with, with, from boys and then to men. Would you support that for women's boxers or female boxers? Do you think they should fight alongside men? Katie would say that it, it made her stronger. And effectively, I, when she was fighting other women, it, she was stronger than them. Well, I do know my own son won an elite title and he was, he was in Dublin and he did spar Katie. You know, but you listen to Paddy Barnes and you listen to the the lads above in Dublin. I mean, when they went in first, that you know, they go to take it handy. Katie, catch them. There was no gun handy in Katie because she could box every bit as well as them. I remember when Rodriguez, the world champion professional boxer who was managed by Gary Hyde, he boxed Willie Casey. Oh, Rigondeaux, yeah, Rigondeaux yeah, from Cuba. Yeah. Legend. <laughs> Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, yeah. My mum was very ill in, in hospital at the time and Kenneth, my son, rang me to know would, could I be in the club for seven o'clock? Katie, Katie was coming to the club to spar Rigando, as we call him. Well, you yeah. know his proper name. But um, they sparred in our club in St. Francis. Oh, my God. Kenneth didn't tell anyone. It was, it was um, a training session for the kids. Katie got into the ring, you know, and oh, my God. She, she said herself, he was like a ghost. She couldn't catch him. And the one or two um, punches she did catch him with, he actually felt them. But mm. these are the kind of people Katie had no fear of. I mean, she went into the ring. She had no fear of him. She had no fear of going in with Paddy Barnes or Mike Conlon or whoever, he, or Jamie, or whoever she went in with. She, she could hold her own with any of those. So that night, that night uh, in St. Francis uh, Boxing Club in Limerick, where you're pr- proudly representing on the national stage, Katie Taylor comes down. I presume she's got her father with her. Yes. Uh, Guillermo uh, Rigondeaux is in Ireland. He's got his trainer. Ronnie Shields, I think, was at the no, time. No, no, no. Gar- no uh, Gar- uh, what's his name? Um, Gary Hyde from Gary Cork. Gary Hyde. 
he was managing him, wasn't he, as well? He was, so he was, he was uh, I, now I could be wrong, but I'm sure Gary was doing the, maybe he, the other coach was there. I don't, I don't. Probably too early. He probably only came over for fight probably. camp. And Rigan, though, did, did come to Ireland in the months before. He came over for a publicity uh, meeting as well. So he probably didn't have Ronnie Shields with him. But can you remember that night? Did you have loud music on or what no, was, no, you know, what was, no, there was no, there's nothing like that. It was just a sparring session. Yeah. It was my club. It was like two of my own boxers been in the ring. They just sparred. The kids around the ring were looking at them. And that was it. They, there was there was no big... Ex- Pete Taylor and Katie aren't the kind of people that want that kind of, you know, that kind of publicity. All mm. Pete wanted for Katie was a good spar. That's what he wanted for her. He never wanted... Be- ne- never wanted this uh, upbeat thing, you know, that... Anywhere Katie went, that you had all this kind of um, how would you call it um, festival? Oh, I can't think of the name. I'm trying. Sorry, now, Kev. I can't think of the name. But but they never they never actually wanted. Rasmatas, uh, like they, they weren't like, yeah. They never wanted that. All he ever wanted for Katie was good spars. And what he'd also do is, um, and we'd done it before the last World Championships we went to. Um, Katie got three good internationals here in Ireland. Uh, one in one, I think, in Cork, one in Kerry, and one in Limerick. Where now the one in Limerick, St. Francis, done, and it was a tournament we had out in UL, and we had face paint. We made that a big day now, all right. And we got a girl over from France to box her. Um, she had a uh, Pat Flynn uh, below in Cork. He got um, he got Queenie Wood Underwood to come over. Oh, yeah. She got her, he got her to come over and 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 um, box Katie. So these were the kind of contests that Katie took before she would go to a world championships. Yeah, I did the best of it. And like for for Katie Taylor's third world title, she goes to Barbados. And I think this is this is possibly the point, maybe the second or the third. But I think people have woken up to Katie Taylor by the third world title because probably the first time people back in Ireland were ever saw her boxing was on the Bernard Dunn undercard against Ricardo Cordova. Because prior to that, you were lucky enough you had a ringside seat all over the world to to watch Katie Taylor fight, but the cameras weren't there really, and people weren't really so they were seeing the results and they're seen the gold medals but I don't think I don't think people were getting the same experience obviously that you were getting or as fully aware of the skills that Katie Taylor could offer so we, we watched her against Ricardo or we watched her against Caroline Barry on the Cordoba undercard and then the 2010 uh, World Championships come around in Barbados how was that trip that must and the, I wasn't on that trip because my mum was uh, so my mum was sorry the, that was the one I would have loved to be yeah at no because, doubt because uh, Barbados I mean you, you know but um <laughs> I couldn't go on that trip. Stephen Connolly went instead of me because my man was going to be a hundred. That's a good idea. Okay. I had that was my priority that year. But I mean, if you're not there, you're glued to that television. You know, we always have it live streamed from World Body, and that you're glued. I was glued to the television, and I'd say Katie could hear me in Barbados because Hmm. even now, as a professional, when Katie is on, the whole of my street can hear me. Roaring for Katie Taylor, my daughter says, "Me, ma'am, she can't hear you." <laughs> you should have brought the mo- you should have brought your mother over to Barbados. I, I should have brought my mum to Barbados, but um, Stephen Connolly went for me that time because uh, at that stage I was put in situ that if we if we didn't qualify any boys or men to go to London, and Katie qualified, then I would be considered to go as manager to London with Katie. 
Okay, I see. You know, so it, Stephen went, and he, Stephen's the register, he went instead of me that time to hold the place for me, you know. At that stage, obviously, 2009-10, Olympics come into full focus. There are other tournaments. People do care about the European Championships. They're there to be won, and Katie wins gold. And, you know, in the Europeans, 05, 06, 07, 09, and 11, all running up to London 2012. But you were there for some of the central moments that qualified Katie for you we're as to prepare for this um interview I was saying you know the, the the world champ the men's world championships in Chicago in 2007 that always goes down as one of the main Katie Taylor's exhibition bout I think she won in one round as well that Thank goes you. down as, as the fight that got women's boxing to the Olympics but you're saying there's a there's another far more important example yeah uh, that cleared the way to me um Katie stopping someone in the first round wouldn't get female boxing into into the Olympics because the Olympic Council then could not see the quality of Katie. This, right, she stopped her opponent, but that's not, that's not, um, they did need to see Katie go three rounds or anybody go three rounds. So I was on holidays and I got a phone call uh, to ask me would I go as, not as manager, but as judge to St. Petersburg, that 2009, August 2009 to go to St. Petersburg to judge this um, tournament, the IOC were coming to see uh, what female box, the best of female boxers were being brought there, world champions, they were all being brought there for the IOC. This was going to be their last trip out to decide whether they would or they wouldn't let female boxing into the Olympics. And I definitely believe, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again to anybody, I really do believe, watching that, that, only for Katie Taylor. Now, the quality of the other boxers was, Katie, we say 100%, they were 98%. But in my opinion, only for Katie Taylor, female boxer would never have got into the Olympic Games. And I'm not just saying that. I really mean it. I don't think, listening to the way they spoke there, the way the IOC and the meetings they had and the way they spoke there, I don't actually believe, and the... and. IABA, our, gov- our world body, all the stops they pulled out there it, at, at that particular tournament, which was only a tournament, but oh my God, the way it was ran and everything, and the superb boxing. It was the boxing there. It was better than any Olympic Games because you had the best of the best at every weight there. Yeah, you I know, think it was the top, the top tens in every division. I was yeah, reading about it, it today before. Oh. You must have felt a big sense of pride that day. Oh, I, I, I always feel a sense of pride every time I went away with Katie Taylor. I couldn't only feel, you could only feel pride with, for her. You know, for being, I was, I, I, all I'd ever say is, I, I am thankful to the IABA for the honour they gave me of travelling as manager with, for so many times with Katie as manager. Because it was an honour and it was an honour and a pleasure to, to be away on these trips with Katie. You go, now we go with, with teams, like there was no teams then, it was just Katie, you know, and you go to these places and um, you just feel proud. Mr. Wu, who would be the, the, he was the president of our world body. He wouldn't know my name, but he would always say, Arlanda, how is Katie? <laughs> they loved Katie. And the reason they loved Katie is because she was the one that got him into the Olympic Games and she was the she was the one that kept female boxing up there. 
Yeah, and I guess he can probably when he's a um, member of some other committee because he's a committee addict. That fella now, he's a <laughs> former basketballer. He can probably say his legacy in in amateur boxing is uh, forget about Rio 2016 and say I'm the I'm the man who brought uh, women's boxing to the Olympics. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I want to ask you about a comment from um, one of Katie's, uh, there's an autobiography, My Olympic Dream from 2012. And she's talking about a relationship with Pete. Uh, Katie says, I recognize that her attitude can, can make it difficult for anyone who travels with us on a boxing trip. What works for us is to be intense people. Some people think we're too serious. Mm. She's talking about the professional standards yeah. she demanded. And obviously you were the, the manager a lot of those times. Did you ever come into any conflict? Oh, we did, myself and Pete might have come, not over um, the way that he would be training because a manager never interferes with coaches or the boxers. A manager's job, right, you're over the full team. You're over the manager, you're over the boxer and the, and the coaches and that. That is what you're told. But you have to ha- have an understanding of the coach is the one that makes the boxer. They're the ones that can train them to win these medals. And with Katie and Pete, you always had to know when to be there for them and when to step back. And that's that's the way I used to do it. I knew when to be there for them and I knew when they needed the space for themselves. And that's very important as a manager when you go away with any team to know that. So, yeah, you, you never found yourself stepping on their toes around. And I suppose when it comes well, to I boxing and tactics, it'd be like, no, leave all of them alone. Oh, I would never, I would never, ever have interfered between... Uh, Pete and Katie there was never no need because everything as you said there everything they done was so professional they were so professional as yeah. I say I listen to people now about her being a professional boxer Katie Taylor was always a professional boxer in her manner that she trained in that's all she done she trained she studied you know and everything they, if they were if she wasn't training they were studying videos of who might be her next opponent or who would be her next opponent so when she came back and she took her shower, she'd go into her father and herself, or maybe not not Katie sometimes, but Zar when Zar came along and Pete would and Pat Ryan from Port Leash before Zar came along, 
before high performance. Uh, Pat Ryan travelled a lot of the world with Pete Taylor as second coach for Katie. Yeah. And they'd watch the, the videos. And these things are very these things are very important, you know, studying videos. And as I already said, Pete Taylor was a brilliant man for doing that. Yeah, he, he had yeah he had footage on nearly every every mm-hmm. boxer that Katie Taylor would come up against, which was quite difficult to attain. But you have to be there in person, and I guess yeah. they put in the miles, they put in the hard yards. But you did as well, Anna. You were there for the high and the low. You were there for twenty twelve. I was. I was twenty sixteen. I was there, and I don't care what anybody said. I nearly got myself into trouble in Kazakhstan because, in my opinion, I don't care what anybody says. Katie Taylor never lost that contest, and the same. I was in London to see the high of her win in London. I was in Rio to see her fall apart. And I, I, I really feel that, I really feel after Katie didn't get, I, as I said, both in Kazakhstan and and in, um, where was the other one? In, uh, in a, Rio. This is the, the 2016 yeah. World Championships that took yeah. place in Astana where Katie Taylor won a bronze medal. And she did. I, I don't was, care. She never lost that. She never lost to, to, to Mosley. She never lost her. I would have right. She might have lost one round, but she definitely didn't. And when I heard um, a split decision 3-2, I turned around to the... At this stage now, we have teams with us. I turned around and I said, who the hell gave against Katie Taylor? I couldn't believe when the decision came out. I could not believe that they gave against Katie. I think our one, maybe, I don't know, but we usually had um, our five-star referee judge there, who was Mike Gallagher at the time. Mm. And we'd have have him there. And the thing, thing, was it him? Maybe not. But whatever, whoever our referee judge was that was supposed to be there couldn't travel. And I actually believe that that these kind of things... These, these come into play as well because you have these referees and judges. They're eating together. They're socialising together, you know. And if you haven't won there, you know, I feel that you're at a disadvantage. The very same, you have people that work on the field of play. They're called ITOs. They do the record cards. They do, do the gloves, all of these things. These all socialise together as well, you know. And I feel we don't have one from Ireland even yet. And I do feel that you do need these kind of people in the field of play to watch what's going on. Yeah. When we go back to um, the joy that, that, that was felt in the stadium when she uh, won the gold medal in 2012. Oh, I'll never forget it as long. I I didn't get there until the semi-final because I couldn't get tickets for the quarter-final. When I arrived down the steps in the station there, it was like a sea. It was like being in Croke Park. It was like being, it, it, there was nothing. It, you're in England, but you, it's like being in Ireland. And, oh my God, I'll never forget it. And inside in the stadium, it was like, it was like, it was like, it was like her box in the stadium, in our stadium at home. That, oh, I will never forget all oh, the atmosphere and the build up. And then when it came to the final, oh my God, I was crying. I couldn't, I, I, but I, I have to say, and I won't tell a lie, Sophia now, the girl, oh, she gave it that she boxed. She's a little, she was always a little friend of mine. She always was. And Katie, 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 um, when Katie went back to Pete, 
Katie wasn't sure herself. They weren't sure. You know, I I wasn't sure. I don't think, you know, we were all, I did feel that she did land maybe an extra punch that would get it for her. But at that stage, the atmosphere in the arena was so tense. It really was. And the uproar went, and the joy when it was announced that she won it. I'll never forget that. And as I said, being allowed to travel all these places with her, I will never forget that. I remember the day in China when in Kwando, when she when she qualified for that. That was when you could qualify for these Olympics in yes. 2012. That was another great day. There, there were so many great days. And it's all thanks to her because she was such, and she still is such, a brilliant boxer. I mean, and like... Obviously, we saw we've seen the highs. Um, I think at one stage the IBA experimented with leaving Pete Taylor off the uh, the travelling team, and it gave Katie Taylor other coaches, and it led to a few defeats, and she wasn't happy. And then Pete Taylor went on every trip. But as we saw prior to the 2016 Olympics, uh, Pete Taylor was no longer in the corner. And could you tell that something was off? Could you could you tell that um, maybe mentally she wasn't strong enough, or not strong enough, but mentally she was just struggling. She was having a tough time going into those Rio Olympics, where she ended up losing to Finland's Mira Potkin. And, again, as again as I said, she never lost that contest either. That now, and it's not me. People are saying they hear me saying she didn't lose it. Casey Taylor lost one round. She did, I would say. But again. People that know boxing, international judges and everyone that day, they'll tell you, in their opinion, they came up to us afterwards and said she never lost it. But it's no good people telling her she didn't lose it. She didn't get the decision. And that was it. She was heartbroken. I will never... I I, I really believe RTE should not have approached her then. Because the people of Ireland, when they saw the state she was in, God love her. When, when they were interviewing her, it was a wrong time to interview her. You know, she she left the village then and she went she went with her mam for a few days, you know, to just get her mind back in into focus. She would have been used to she would have been used to uh, training with Zara. She would have been used to that. Mm. Um, the difference I saw in Katie on that trip was. In the other world championships, Katie wouldn't mix as much with the other girls. Whereas in, in Kazakhstan, she was in the middle of them. You know, she was there with them the whole time. Maybe because Pete wasn't there and and the regime wasn't as hard. Yeah. But I mean, yes, you had to say it wasn't the Katie. She wasn't as sharp as we were used to seeing Katie. You know, but I mean, she was going through an awful lot of personal things there and it's very very hard to be top of your game when when you have family problems you know yeah of course um obviously we've seen katie taylor took on a new challenge in 2016 and has gone into the professional game and has gone from strength to strength has had obviously the close call in the first pursuit fight but you know pursuit was a, to- a top talent i think mm. i might have scored that fight a draw but katie taylor's had a lot of She's been a game changer, become a huge name in the UK and the USA. I know you're a super fan of Katie's now, and it's a it's just such a pity we can't attend the fights. I suppose. Oh, at the yeah. I went, I went, to, I went. To, I always said that when she went, my game is amateur. I always would be amateur, but I always felt the first time that she went to a world champ, she got to a world championships. I would be there, and I went, I went to Cardiff. It 
it was brilliant. I went to Cardiff and I saw her coming out the tunnel and going back in the tunnel. She put her hand up to us, you know, and just to let her know I was there, you know, that kind of a way. But mm. she knew, she knew that she, that, uh, in the uh, Olympics in London, Bridget was after saying, her man was after saying to me, you won't get anywhere near her, Anna. Now, I wasn't in the, I was in, I wasn't in the lower tier, I was in the next one. But I done my homework during the, the this, um, Clarissa Shields one, and I got myself into the lower tier. <laughs> and I was standing at the barrier when she was coming around, and I called her and she came over to me and I got to give the kiss at the medal a kiss, you know, and it, it was, it made, it made the Olympics for me just to be able to hug her and, you know, her to know we were all there for, but she knew we were all there. You know, she knew Ireland were behind her. I think a disappointment for me was, um, she'd win, she had won all these world championships and RT never recognized her. There was people now, and I know golf and all these things have very, very high-profile people. But at the time, I don't know whether it was because she was a female boxer or what. I thought that they snubbed her once or twice when she deserved to be the sports star of the year for RTE. She eventually got it when she won the Olympics, but she had to win the Olympics again. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, that's it, isn't it? Um do you, what what else do you think there is for her to conquer? Who would you like to see her fight, or how long would you like to see her go on? I I'd like to see Katie go soon. I don't think she will because Katie Katie loves to box. It's not about the money; it's the boxing. She loves boxing, and I would hate to see Katie gone out at some stage if she stays too long at it being defeated. Now. I think she has a long road to go down there. But, you know, I mean, I I broke my heart for her uh, over the um, the two. What was the girl's name again? I can never think of her name. The girl she boxed twice. Uh, Delphine Persoon. Delphine, yeah. Um, and on uh, Susie Fox and on other uh, boxing sites for professional I have gone on there and I've got myself into awful trouble. I've seen, I've seen. The, the Belgians have it in for and some of the Yanks do as well. I and there's think, a lot of... I think, I think you know, this guy that's beyond the Sue's Fox, I think he's Belgium and he keeps answering. And I, I really, on, on Facebook even, I don't answer anybody. But for Katie was in the professions, I can afford to answer that because I can't get, into, can't get myself into yeah. trouble. But uh, I, see, I think the Americans... I think they just have this thing. She's not American, so she can't be that good. You know, but if you look at it, very few of their box no, I wouldn't call them boxers, a lot of their fighters, right? They've never boxed amateur. They've never achieved the heights that Katie Taylor have achieved in in um, in amateur boxing. And they think, right, she's coming into professional boxing now. And that's when only they're grading her from. Not from all her amateur days, only from as a professional. And I mean, she went in there and within a year she was world champion. She never shies away from any boxer. She, for, from the very beginning, she wanted the best opponents. And she's, whether she knew she could beat them or not, she took them on. And my God, she did beat them. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I mean, the one now, that, this Amanda one, I'll tell you something. She's, they're up about her now as well. And here I am. She wouldn't box Katie when she got the chance. And she could say that it was actually about money. 
But if you really wanted to be Katie Taylor, I don't think money would come into it at all. No, you but get you in want and, to show you the world that you can beat her. That's what you want to know. You want the world to see I can beat Katie Taylor. And she couldn't. She bottled it. She bottled it. She you're correct. You're, de- you're dead right. Anna, before we let you go, you're still integrally involved in amateur boxing. How do you think uh, girls boxing is going or women's boxing is going in, in the wake of Katie Taylor, like the biggest name to part in the scene? In my opinion, we won't see another Katie Taylor. But what we in the world, not in Ireland, the world, but what we will see is the likes of, we have a very good girl, Kelly Harrington from Dublin. Kelly, after Katie went 60, she won, she won a silver medal in Kazakhstan when Katie got the bronze. Katie Taylor gave her so much advice, she came into the dressing room to her before she went out for her final. You know, and she was so good with, you know, Kelly. And she could have went the opposite way and could have been so sad she wasn't there herself. But she wasn't. She was there for the Irish team. And this is what we have with our Irish teams. I don't know whether it's just boxing or not, but they're there to support each other at every call. Um, I think that Kelly Harrington, like Katie, as she's taken over the 60 kilo that Katie was in, she won the silver medal that year. She went on in 2018 to win the gold medal. I think she's a great prospect. I think that she will she will graduate to, to the Olympic Games. I'm sure she will. Um, we have Kira Smith, who is a very good boxer. You have Amy Broughters, who will come up maybe after Kelly. But the, the one thing in, in boxing at the moment that I find, and I've been studying it for about 10 years, because as I said, I go away with the youths and the junior teams, mm-hmm. is that is that we're keeping them until they're 18, but we're losing them at that age. We had the best of the junior and youth boxers in the world. People don't want the boxers, we're so good now. We win medals everywhere we go. But when did we get to this out of youths between senior and between elite we seem to be losing them I don't know why whether it's work or college but I have counted maybe we just say 10 tournaments we went to where you'd have 10 boxers that's 100 boxers and out of them from youths and juniors I'd say if up to now into elite all we brought along would be about 10 boxers you'd have Michaela Walsh who was junior and you You'd have Kelly. No, Kelly wasn't. Kelly was always the lead. You'd have um, Amy Broadhurst, um, Kira Ginty, um, Kelly, uh, what's her name? Caitlin Phelan now, that's world youth champion, professional at the moment. All these girls, you know, these are There is a serious drop-off rate, yeah. There is a serious drop-off rate. There is an awful drop-off rate. Thanks for joining us today on the Rocky Road Rewind. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for asking me, Kevin. Thank you.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.